Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion Centenary episode, episode 100 of the Star Wars podcast, bringing you news, reviews, discussion and occasionally the random spotlight from a galaxy far, far away. On today's show, we are going to discuss what is purportedly the biggest Star Wars movie yet. We're going to discuss some final casting for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series as production is set to begin and some pretty sweet merchandise of which I think I'm going to get to and to top it off we're going to discuss something that may or may not be an April Fool's may or may not be an April Fool's we'll see when we get there so stick around to the end for that one I'm your host Mike Asquith and of course with me as ever is Mr. Gary Aylert how are you doing dude welcome to episode 100 100 is upon us man it's exciting I love it it is yeah I'm not going to say that I didn't think we would get to 100. I'm not going Sounds to say like that. It. Yeah, well, coming at it from a different angle, clearly. But, no, I knew we would, man. I knew we would. We, we've learned our lesson from yesteryear. So when Mark and I kicked off our first podcast. Well, I'm not going to say how long ago. Makes me sound old. But, yeah. We were like in our infancy. Podcast infancy and all that jazz. But now we're rocking it. We've got it down. We've got it down to a fine art, I would say. Yeah. Well, now we work in podcasting as well, so no one can tell us not to record because we can just pretend it's for work. You know, well, I'm learning podcasting and <laughs> I've got to be consistent. That's a good you way of looking. Yeah, yeah. Good way of looking at it. It's uh, uh, That's a really good way. I should say that to my boss. I should say that, shouldn't I? I should say, don't worry, He's man. He's too I'm good working. looking to listen to you, to be honest. Wow. Dude, wow. I am working. It's all part of the process, learning podcasting. It's It's a process. Enjoy it. Sure. Look at this that I've designed today. Guys, that's just a circle. That's took like <laughs> seconds. No, but it's not. It's a circle by a designer. So it took two hours. All right, okay. Exactly. I understand how it works. Yeah, yeah, Can't yeah. kid a kidder. I've been, I've been kidding people since before you kids were born out there. Oh. That's why you're the Han Solo of podcasting. I am. That's not I'm a, a little yeah. bit mischievous. I'm a little bit of a, you know, smuggler, if you like. And uh, speaking of smuggling, if you want us to smuggle some swag into an envelope and get it out to you, that was tenuous, wasn't it? Guess what? You can become part of the crew. I think we're going to revamp this, you know. Gaz and I have got a meeting because it's episode 100 and, you know, nearly two years since we started the show. We've got a meeting, you know, to refresh some stuff up. I think we're going to change up how the Patreon works. We've been talking about it for a while, haven't we? But... Uh, we got some pretty sweet stuff that you can get over there. We, we're able to finally get some stickers out to people now that we can sort of get back in the office. So if you want to join the Rebels, you can do so at patreon.com slash Rebellion. Do you know, I nearly gave a wrong link out. Me and Kieran are working on a little project that Gaz doesn't know about for Captivate. And uh, 
it's a little something that that would mean that I could give different links out, but you know, it's going to be like, oh, needs design. I'm like, all right, calm down. But I nearly <laughs> gave a wrong link out then because I was using it as an example earlier with Kieran. But alas, the Patreon link is patreon.com slash sparkerrebellion. Go and get some swag. Now, before we get to the show, let us know what you've been doing on social media. What have you been doing this week in Star Wars? Search for us, Sparker Rebellion, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Bebo. Just search for us. Let us know what you've been up to. But Gaz, I'm going to ask you, what's been going down, San? This week in Star Wars. What's going down? Dan. More Clone Wars. I say that every week, but I'm, I'm getting through it. It's just my weekly update. You're literally making it up. I don't think you're watching it. You just like didn't do anything. So I'm going to say Clone Wars again. Oh, shut up, man. I'm literally going through. Admits it. And he admits it, yeah. And I'm not going to apologise for taking my time either. Because lo- I'm, I'm loving it, dude. I'm really loving it. But something cool landed in the post today. Who doesn't like a good Star Wars delivery? Remember this book that was... Like, we're not live oh, streaming. but too, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Skywalker, a family at war. This landed today. Hardback, sure. So that's Looks on the cool, readings. doesn't it? It does, man. The cover art is amazing. Do it, you know what? I've yeah. not even looked into it. Like, I've not even opened it or really gone into it as like, I don't know what to expect. It's like a biography. But I'll tell you this for nothing. Look on the back. Who's on the back that annoys you? Oh. What's she doing here? Well, and what is she doing here? That's not Skywalker. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Namesake. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Yeah. So when I got it, the delivery guy came through it on the grass. I was like, thanks, mate. Uh, picked <laughs> it up, opened it up, spun it around. I was like, what are you doing on the back? Well, she says she's a Skywalker. So she Ugh. is one. And that's it. I know. It's I know. a bit like I when, I, uh, when I wanted to work at Captivate. Mm. I said, dude, where's my job? And I, do you know what, listeners? That's not far from the truth. <laughs> you said I'm a designer. <laughs> Didn't happen in the end. I was like, "Where's my job?" And you're like, "Hmm, let me have a look." Yeah, we can probably sort that. And here we are. So, if, so if you make, if you make it, if you say it, it will happen. If you book them, it's the law of attraction. Come. If yeah. you think it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's good. Um, mm. Well, that's going to be a good book. I'm interested in that one. I'm, I'm, I've got that one through the uh, through the old mail today as well. So I am very curious about that. Um, the other thing that I've been doing is kind of getting through the Throne book, this this Ascendancy book, the first one. Sort of a weird one, you know. It's kind of fallen into the trap of, um, not the trap, but having the problem, you know, that, uh, that I talked about with Claudia Gray last week, or the week before, or the week before that, where it was like, ah, there's a lot to introduce, you know, because Throne was, remember when Throne was reintroduced into the canon? With the first book, it was like this brilliant scene on that planet where he just run rings around the Empire. And, uh, and then he was always like around these Empire people and these the flashbacks were Anakin and Padme and the Clone Wars. So you had this new character that was then kind of thrown into things that we're familiar with. And uh, the Claudio Grey book sort of struggled, didn't it? Well, I thought it struggled because yeah, like it had so much to introduce. Thrawn was the same. But now I'm halfway into it. I'm like, all right, now I'm starting to enjoy this a little bit. Um, so, so that's sort of a... Sort of a weird thing because you think like when you've read it and you've read three of these books, like the entire New Ascendancy trilogy, you'll probably be loving them because you're like, all right, now I understand who all the players are. But it's weird, isn't it? How, you know, you know Star Wars so well 
that you sort of enjoy the new stuff less until you've got to know it because it doesn't feel as familiar. Do you know what I mean? It's like this, mm. like this weird um, approach to it. Does that even make any sense? No, totally. It's a weird paradigm. It's uh, with some other franchises and stuff. People just lap it up like all the new stuff. It's yeah, this is amazing. Most of the time, but Star Wars, mm. yeah, it's you almost have to let stuff bed in a little while, get used to it, have a feel around. You know how it is, and then you start to appreciate yeah. it a little bit. But Thrawn's a great character, man. Yeah, he what is. a character. He is. He is. All right, look, speaking of brand new characters and badass stories featuring them, the first bit of news today takes us back into the era of the Empire, the early days of the Empire, when Grand Moff Bugalugs, Grand Moff Tarkin himself, was uh, putting his stamp on the Empire. You know, we, we saw that character throughout the uh, A New Hope and, you know, we've seen him pop up in various guises throughout the years. Um, but Tarkin features alongside the Bad Batch in their brand new trailer coming out May the 4th on Disney Plus is, of course, the Bad Batch, the offshoot, the spin-off of the Clone Wars. And it's actually, uh, it looks badass, man. Um, you know, it's like, it's just the Clone Wars again, but it's sort of um, like if the A-team had been cast you know what I mean? It's like it's after this fall of the Republic. It's in that time frame where, like I said, Grand Moff Tarkin, you know, he seems to be like sort of the main antagonist to start with, um, which is quite interesting given where he was in, in the early days of the Bad Batch. And it, uh, it, dude, it's interesting. It's just, it's just this interesting sort of offshoot. It's like what I mentioned a second ago. You've got this, um, like this brand new, semi-brand new set of characters that we saw in the Clone Wars season seven. That first story arc was very much a backdoor set of pilots for this this show, and uh, but you get all these familiar places and characters and timelines and situations popping up. So it's it's almost difficult not to really like the look of this because it feels very comfortable and familiar. And it, it like the animation is Clone Wars, but like ten x on steroids. It looks so much better. So. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's not loads to say about it, but you saw, like, how can you not like this trailer? It's just it's, it's the Clone Wars with, you know, the A-team. What's not to like, man? I think that's a good summary as well. It kind of sums up the feel of it, doesn't it? It's the A-team, but for, for Clone Wars. It's, like the op- it's almost the opposite of what you were just saying with the Thrawn book. There are times where it just doesn't click at first. You leave it a while, let it settle in, and then you start to like it. Whereas this is the opposite for me. As soon as I watched a trailer, I was like, right, it's almost like bang on. It's, it's going to take me a couple of years to watch it, of course. Once I've fi- once I've finished up the, the normal claymores, but um, yeah, it just feels like like you were saying uh, the claymores just amped up like ten times. You can tell that they've they've borrowed a few uh, Dell PCs from Pixar. They've got the render farm rocking and rolling a little bit more. They've got a bit more um, uh, sort of visual fidelity, which looks really nice. But in terms of characters, it looks like a really fun bunch of clones to knock around with. Yeah, I'm excited for this, dude. I wasn't too fast to begin with. I was like, yeah, he'll be all right, but he does look pretty good. Well, you've not seen Clone Wars Season 7 yet, have you? No. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I'll not ruin it too much then, because there's a there's you know there's a character. That, in fact, you've probably seen it in the trailer. But there's a character in there from back in the day in the Clone Wars, and Rex pops up again, and then you've got Fennec from uh, the Mandalorian, of course. Um, Ming Na Wen is 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 back, which is yeah, you know, I, I like that they do that. You know, that's sort of the um, you know when when Ventress pops up in certain things, and you know it, it's one of those. It's starting to become one of those characters where you're like, oh, okay. 
let's this is interesting and um I sort of like what they're doing with that, threading that mythology together. You know me, I like that connectivity stuff. So I'm, I'm all right with all that. I think it looks good. And what I also like about this in terms of the animation, like you said, they've obviously, you know, they've bought some new clobber, they've bought some new gear to keep the old uh, rendering engines going on over time. But they've gone for a, a, a very nice mixed approach to that. Like some of the scenes are like um, calling back to sort of the Naboo-esque feel of it where you'll see, the, you know, the, 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 the very light... Um, cityscapes, the very light paving and light, you know everything, the walls, the, the the entire surroundings are very light and airy. But then they've got this army attacking them. You know it's very, very clean and very Naboo-y. But then also the sort of the dirty, grimy, Rambo-esque feel to some of it as well. So it's like they've learnt from some of the aesthetic across the years and just thought, Do you know what, you know this next iteration of what we animate can be can can draw on all of that stuff. So it's it's looking good, man. Like I said, there's not much to say apart from just what's not to like. Um, are you? Do you think you're gonna you're gonna be able to catch up with Clone Wars? You know, before the end of the year, is it going to be sort of a um, binge this when it's three seasons in, or you know, <laughs> do, do you think you'll get actually genuinely through Clone Wars before this is too far in? No, I think I will. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too far off Series Seven now. I'm almost there, so I think I'll be. Uh, yeah, when does this land? It's May 4th, isn't it? Star Wars Day. So that's a month. Yeah, I'll, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be up for this. I'll, I'd have watched it all. Uh, I'd have watched all of the regular series of Clone Wars up till that point. And then Bad Batch, what are you saying? Talk to me. What are you saying? Yeah, opportunity. Build on it. So looking forward to it. Factors. Yeah, I think it's going to be good, man. I think it's going to be good. And another TV show that we're all looking forward to has had a little bit of news this week. It's been a busy week, actually, for our favourite bearded wonder, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, you know, we got this new series landing sometime in the future. Well, we've uh, we've actually got a bit, of a, a bit of an update on this one. So, Obi-Wan Kenobi series has had a couple of announcements. So, we've got number one... We're going to start filming in April, dude. We're going to start filming in April. Uh, this is according to StarWars.com, which always does such a good job of, uh, of releasing news. Like Some brands do this terribly. StarWars.com is always on top of this. Um, so, shooting in April, which is now this month as we're recording. And we've also got a cast release poster. Now, I don't think it's the entire cast, but it's got some very notable things going on it. All right, So, I'm going to very quickly run through some of these and some of the notable ones. Um, we've got Ewan McGregor back, who just is annoyingly good looking. Look at him. You know, he's got his lovely face and all that. We've got a better looking Hayden Christensen, uh, which is weird. What's happened to him? He looks miles better than he did. He's one of those that's grown into himself like Bruce Willis, hasn't he? Then you've got Moses Ingram. We've got Joel Edgerton and Bonnie P.S. Uh, reprising their roles, interestingly, as Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru. Uh, we've got Kumail uh, Nanjani, which I think I'm hoping pro- uh, pronouncing that right. Indira Varma, who we spoke about a while ago. Rupert Friend, who I thought was Orlando Bloom, if I'm honest with you. Looks just like him. <laughs> O'Shea Jackson Jr., Sun Kang, Simone Kessel, and Benny Safdie. Now, what's interesting about this is um, Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Pies announced as series regulars, from what I can tell. You know, this is pretty badass. All right, this is this is is very clearly going to 
bringing to the fore this kind of conflict, I would imagine, between Obi-Wan and, 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 and you know, Anakin's stepbrother, um, which is, is fascinating. You know, you'll start to see a little bit of, um, you know, that one throwaway line in A New Hope, he's got too much of his father in him, that sort of scenario. You, I would imagine you'll start to see that start to play out a little bit, you know, that kind of animosity. Um, and then some interesting ones. Uh, Sun Kang, as we know from the Fast and Furious franchise, um, a couple of little memes flying around saying there's, you know, now there's two hands in the, in the Star Wars universe, which I thought was a lol. And a couple of interesting things that, that I noticed as well, that I'm sure you've picked up on. No kid in there. This is ten years set ten years after Revenge of the Sith, but there's no ten year old Luke Skywalker being thrown in there. Um, certainly not being cast, uh, or certainly not being revealed. I'd be shocked if we didn't see a young Luke Skywalker, which we'll talk about in a second. And the second thing is Hayden Christensen. Like I said, he looks great. He's a good looking guy. And this is what I really wanted to talk to you about, dude, Hayden Christensen. But before we get to that. Um, what do you what do you make of this? Any standout bits of casting? Anything that you want to say on this one, or is it uh, is it sort of business as usual on this front? Yeah, I think it's business as usual. I'm I'm happy with that they've got Edgerton and PS back for um, Owen and Baru. That's cool. That provides a really nice little link back to the end of Revenge of the Sith. So that's all good. Before we get on to Hayden, I'm wondering if one of the female actors that have been cast, whether it's Indira Varma or Simone Kessel if they're going to be the love interest from, you know, the Kenobi book. Because Indira Varma, in a strange coincidence, that kind of look is how I pictured that character when I read the book. Same, dude, same. Oh, yeah, the same, yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if that's going to be that kind of thing. And then the others, I think they're just going to be... Yeah, uh, it's hard for for Kamel because I only know him from Silicon Valley and he's quite a hilarious character, you know. So I'm wondering if he's going to be there for comic relief. And then Sun Kang tricking out the old land speeders, whatever. I don't know. So, that, yeah, it, some of it looks fairly standard. We don't know too much yet. But there's a couple there, yeah, that, um, that I, I'm hoping will, will, will come to fruition, especially the love interest, because I think that's going to provide the twist and the stuff that we need in this series. It can't all be lightsabers and stuff. Um, but Hayden... That's such an interesting one, dude, because there's two ways to go with that one. It's either he comes back as Vader and we don't care what he looks like, whether he's grown into his looks like George Clooney, or if he's just going to be there as like flashback stuff, you know, all that jazz. So it's really interesting, man, but but it's off and running. And what, a, what you love to see this, man, don't you? You absolutely love to see it. When we report on stuff like that, it's so cool. It's There's none of this rumours. It's not a Doomcock video. Everything has been officially announced with photos and names. So you love to see it. Yeah, you really do, man. And I'm, I'm intrigued by the Rupert Friend character. I feel like he's got some very interesting potential because he's always cast as like the, the kind of dashing villain or the dashing hard man or the dashing something or other and um, I've, I've got a feeling that we might see him in a, an antagonist style role just because of how he is um, but the thing that I want to talk to you about with Hayden Christensen is actually sort of to do with his his, his position in this because you're right you know if he's Vader I would be fascinated by that I'm fascinated by this idea that Vader has got conflict now this is 10 years after the fact you know, we know that the Inquisitors exist. You know that Fallen Order, what happened, what, five years prior to this? Solo is happening around this time. It's, 
There's been plenty of time for the Empire to take hold and for Darth Vader to have tried to hunt down Ahsoka or, you know, if he doesn't... The Inquisitors end up knowing that she's alive, but Vader, not sure if he does or not. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's still... When you look at Lords of the Sith and a few of the other kind of bits of material, the comics, like, he's still... <clears throat> he's still sort of conflicted. You know, he's still conflicted even 10 years later. You know, he's only a 35-year-old guy. And <clears throat> another thing that... that, that, that was the bigger thing that I want to talk about was that if this is flashbacks, which I think it will be, if not the entirety, I think it will be a lot of flashbacks. I don't think we'll just see, if, even if it is just Vader, I think we'll see Vader unmasked. Uh, what we're trying, what I'm trying to get at is we'll see Christensen's face. Otherwise, there's no point. You may as well just get a cheaper actor and and get get that you know get that that suit on them. Now, let's assume it's a flashback. All right. We know Hayden Christensen from his time in episode two and episode three. The acting's pretty wooden. The dialogue's terrible. But he's not a bad actor when you look at some of his other stuff. All right. Matt Lanter in The Clone Wars brought an entire other dimension to Anakin. The writing, the dialogue was different. Will we see a better version of Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker because Lucas is not writing the dialogue. Oh. You, is it redemption? You diss the maker himself. Well, his dialogue's not great, is it? I don't think so, man. Nah, the more I think about it, I mean, don't get me wrong, yes, the acting was a bit wooden, a wee bit, and George Lucas is not the... Do you know what's really weird? American Graffiti, such a good film. The, the character integrate, you know, it's all really cool. But then, for some reason, for Star Wars, he just can't seem to um to sort of get into that into that zone with, especially the love interest stuff. So you're right, but I do think that we're just going to see a combination of Vader as Vader and unmasked. I think so. I don't think we're going to see too much of uh, Anakin having a dream about him and Anakin taking on some bounty hunters and whatever. I just think that's going to be too far out of scope for what they're trying to do for the show. So I would say that, yes, we are going to see a better Hayden Christian Christensen as Vader slash Anakin in that conflicted mode, as you said. But I feel like he'll be written a lot better and, it, and it will be, he'll be portrayed and he'll get that performance across you know, much more effectively than he did under George Lucas. But yeah, yeah. Agreed. To quote my favourite Swedish hair rock band, Heat, and one of their popular songs from their third album, this is a shot at redemption for him. It's a real, <laughs> it's a you know, if, if it's a great band, great song. If he uh, if he nails this, you know, if the writing's good and the story's good, dude, this could be a a, a very serious redemption for Hayden Christensen in Star Wars. Because let's be honest, if you're Hayden Christensen, you took some shit for Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know man, what I mean? Sure. You took, you, you, why would you want to expose yourself to it? You know? Um, it's brave, isn't it? It's a, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's such a risk. And I think that shows some serious balls on his part. So we'll see. And look, <laughs> speaking of his balls, um, what about his son? <laughs> Another link. I love it. These tenuous links. Dude. Tenuous. I should work on Absolute Radio. Um, this is Balls and Gaz, uh, which is a little bit like Bush and Richie. Okay, <laughs> this is, we digress. 
Luke Skywalker, it's been posited by Den of Geek, will make an appearance in this show. Now, I don't know why I even included this when, when I when I put it on the Trello board for us to potentially discuss. I it's just a it's a it's a speculative story. Uh the point is and the fact is we've seen the kid in Rebels. He was very small for his age. We've seen you know, we've seen this time period, we've seen Obi-Wan sort of, you know, in the Kenobi book, um, which I loved. You know, I loved the fact that it was so tied up to Revenge of the Sith. I thought that was just badass. It was like, I need to deliver deliver these kids to these places. You know, that was just brilliant. Um, so the, the the story is just, it's basically just a bit of clickbait. You know, will Luke Skywalker appear in, in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? And, and, and it, it goes on to talk about, you know, maybe it's going to be a, it's Obi-Wan building up, you know, the, 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 but sort of digging up through this legend's legacy, you know, where he's sort of like, oh, here's, here's some parts for your speeder that I've sort of left about, but you've actually discovered yourself. Or, you know, oh no, look at this. This kid suddenly managed to just suddenly jump extra distance out of the way of this crate dragon. That definitely wasn't a force push. Don't tell anyone. You know, all these little things where Obi-Wan could be looking out for him, like, which could be quite good. You can imagine you and McGregor delivering that really, really well. That sort of, um, you know, he's a bit of a sarcastic guy, in it? So, um, and, and it goes on to discuss whether it'll be that depth, or do we just see, you know, a silhouette of Luke against the twin sons? Who knows? But I would personally say that it's it would be it would be a shock if we didn't see something of Luke Skywalker in this series. It, it, it's almost a certainty at this point. It has to be, doesn't it? If they're going to bring Owen and Baru back, then of course you're going to see him. Of course you're going to see Luke knocking around. Uncle Owen, Uncle Owen, let's go to Toshi Station and get an ice cream and and all that stuff. Uh, I don't think we'll see too much though. I think he will be. He'll be knocking around, and there might be the odd episode where Obi Wan's looking out for him, like Luke's gone off to town with his pocket money or whatever, and you know. And uh, Obi-Wan's there and follows him, but Luke doesn't know that he's around. And like you said, he comes into a spot of mischief and then all of a sudden, miraculously, he's hovered out the way of a, a moving land speeder or something or a crate dragon and he doesn't know what's going on. So I think, yeah. And it also buys into anyone that's listened to... I need a, one of those little um, little bell sound effects. You know, in YouTube videos where everyone, where somebody mentions the same thing every time they get a little ding. I need that about the original NPR Star Wars radio dramas. Ding. There's a whole thing at the beginning there where Obi-Wan um, essentially bumps into Luke, saves him from the sand people. But there's a whole extra scenes around that discussion around Luke's like, hold on a minute. You came to our farm years ago and my uncle Owen was really pissed off and he sort of told you to go away and all the rest of it. But you were looking out for me, weren't you? Because of X, Y and Z. So I think we might get a little bit of that going on. But I don't think it's going to be too much of a big thing. I don't think Luke is going to be the focus at all. I think it's more going to be Anakin uh, having a bit of fisticuffs with, with, uh, with uncle Owen on certain things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, dude. Do you think we'll start to see a little bit of the sand people in it as well? And 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 I say that from the perspective of the Kenobi book, because that was a very fascinating book for the sand people. You know this, um, you know that without giving too much away for the book, but you know that how the one of the main characters integrates with the sand people throughout, and then you know the ending, of course. But then, um, 
in particular the the, the 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 perspective of the sand people and that mythology around you know we don't go over those hills because the slaughter happened and you know do you think we'll start to see a little bit of that bit of that will that be um you know and, and will that tie into sort of Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru's sort of reticence to get involved with a Jedi because of what Anakin did or became do they know that he's Anakin uh, that he's become Darth Vader you know did it, do they know that he slaughtered these people and, and, and these these beings and you know what's the moral compass that Owen and Baru will have in order to have this chagrin with um, with Obi-Wan you know what's why are they pissed so there's there's a lot of different layers to that isn't there that you can start start to explore with that and I think Ewan McGregor's uh, he's got the chops for it he's sort of a and I'm saying it's a shame. It's probably too early to say this, but doesn't it feel a shame that it's just a one-shot limited thing? Oh yeah. Do you think that'll yeah. ch- do you think that'll change? Do you think they'll do more of it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did it, did we report on this ages ago that it was going to be a it was going to be a ten and an eight, and now it's a six? Is it a six mm. episode thing? Yeah, I think we'll get more than that, dude. I think there's so much storytelling, especially if you start including what you just mentioned around the sand people and other stuff that happens on Tatooine. There's bound to be uh, uh, stories to explore there. Um, uh, what was that lead sand person thing? Is it Plug Eye? That character was it? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it was something like that. Wasn't yeah, it? so you've got all of that stuff going on as well, where that dives into the culture and the family aspect and the history of the sand people and stuff. And then you also throw on top of that, you've got the Jowers as well and the whole sand crawler and their whole thing, crate dragons and stuff. It's like almost you know in the um, Mandalorian stuff where they just sprinkled a little bit of that stuff over. We explored Tatooine just a little bit. It's almost like that, but amped up to a hundred. It's like most Eisley. We've got all of that stuff to have a look at as well. So I, I think so, dude. I think they will dive into some of the sand people stuff. I think that will play an important role because otherwise, like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it will just be Obi-Wan in his little domed hut meditating. And that's going to be a boring show. So they have to expand it. And then, yeah, after six episodes, everyone's going to be jumping up and down like, when series two, when series two, that'll be annoying if it's 2022, which it probably yeah, will be. I agree, man. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Three quick fire questions. Yes or no answers. Do you think we will see number one? Do you think we are going to see Ahsoka and or Captain Rex? No, not in season one. anyway. Number two. Do you think we're going to see Inquisitors hunting down Jedi? No. Number three, do you think we're going to see Darth Maul? Yes. Oh, well, you heard it here first, everyone. Doomcock! (laughs) Did you know that Darth Maul is trying to usurp Kathleen Kennedy as the CEO of Lucasfilm? Subscribe and hit like right now. (laughs) You've got it in one, man. There you go. I know. I know. All right. Always. All right. Well, look, <clears throat> you know, not Obi-Wan is not the only thing coming to our screens when it comes to Star Wars. In fact, we've got outside of the Ryan Johnson potential trilogy, which may or may not be happening. We've got another few films coming out, haven't we? We've got the Patty Jenkins movie coming out. And then we've got two movies dated December 25th. Sorry, December 2025 and 2027. Um, the latter two of those being helmed by Kevin Feige, or certainly including Kevin Feige, and the latter being uh, Taika Waititi. And there's a new report that surfaced that may or may not be linked to a, another report that we're going to discuss. 
whereby <clears throat> apparently Lucasfilm and Disney are developing what is set to be the most expensive Star Wars movie ever. Now, movie, not trilogy, movie. So that that's surpassing The Last Jedi, Solo, Rogue One, all of these new movies. And, 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 apparently, I'm going to sort of report on these together because I feel like it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be sort of related. Apparently, they're looking to cast Brie Larson, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, as a force user more powerful than Anakin, Luke, and Rey. And they say, put together. Hmm. So, a couple of big things there, dude. Number one, the big budget movie. We don't know which one it is. Certainly not the Patty Jenkins one. And this new Brie Larson character. Now, you know, if you listen to you know, people on YouTube, Marvel CEO falls out with Brie Larson and casts her out of all future Marvel projects. And then, you know, a year later... Wanted for a Star Wars movie. Have a word with yourself. Um, but what what do you, what do you make of these two things, dude? You know, this this is these are two potentially pretty big things. Yeah, the first one is absolute nonsense, isn't it? Have you ever seen anything as clickbaity as that before? Think about the think about what they're reporting on here. So this is from wegotthiscovered.com. and apparently it's from their source, the same one that told them that Luke Sky, Skywalker would be back at the end of the Mandalorian season two. From that source, apparently. But think about what they're saying. Lucasfilm are developing a Star Wars movie that's expensive. That's like, you know, it, it's just like water is wet. It's that kind of thing. It's like, no way. They're spending money. They're making a really expensive Star Wars film. Get out of town. Come on. So that's really. Of course, it's the most expensive one because things have gone up in price. Do you know, exactly, man. It's like you got that filter for that lens. Well, I can't afford it this time. Are you sure? Yeah, it's gone up in price, mate. It's not, it's not like. So they're based, what they're saying is The Last Jedi cost, was it just over 300 million? And then, as you said, Solo as well, including all the mm-hmm. reshoots and all that stuff, that pushed it to just under 300 mil. So, based on the last you know, in the recent batch of modern Star Wars movie making, they've had a few films or a couple of films that have gone up to the 300 mil mark. What's to say that this new one wouldn't also? If all of the previous Star Wars films were indie films and were made for $50 million, and then this story said they're making the most expensive one ever that's probably going to be up there with 300 mil, then of course there's some credibility, but it's rubbish. It's a a Star Wars film. Of course it's going to be at least 200 million. To make whether it pushes up to three mil, three hundred million, who knows? But that's nonsense. The Brie Larson thing, um, that's a whole, oh, that's, a, that's a big old thing to get your head around because um, these guys are reporting that it's not just a new character that's going to slot into an existing thing. This is a whole new, a, a brand new um, timeline and everything, everything brand new. So yeah, that 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 that's uh. A potent, potentially a, a, a thing that could happen, of course. You know, a brand new Force user, mega powerful in this new timeline. Apparently she's going to be called Maeve. Different levels of her own power which will evolve and be explored throughout the series, apparently. Uh, and she's connected to the Wills, who are godlike beings who help her discover the new power. So this is stuff that they've 
dived into like the old, old original George Lucas story stuff and some of the EU and things like that. So I'm not sure. I can't really. It's hard to get your head around as if to say uh, an answer yes or no, this is happening or not. It's such a massive subject. I mean, the, the whole idea of having a new, a, new, a brand new universe with new mythology. That's what they're reporting on. That sounds a bit too far removed, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a funny scenario. It, it it it's it's a funny situation given it's Brie Larson as well because everyone wants to beat up on her because it's like Captain Marvel's not out now. You know, it's not been out, um, and it's it's arguably, um, you know, it, it should have been out much sooner than it will be. So that obviously, you know, that puts the, the, the internet clickbait shysters, you know, right in the mode of getting clickbait, you know, making making stuff up about why it's not happened. Um, and inevitably it becomes a personal thing because they've got nothing else. Um, so I think when you look at it through that lens, it's sort of like, you know, that that's a very big pinch of salt because, the, you know, to suddenly go, yeah, we're not doing... If those rumours were true, she's out of the MCU, which is clearly not... But she's out of the MTU. Let's pop her in Star Wars, and she already she auditioned for, for, uh, for, for, for the Force Awakens. Anyway, you know, I think she was on the on the slate to audition for Ray. So I don't know. It's interesting, and I think what would be potentially frustrating is as well that, like, <clears throat> you know, rather than writing a, and I'm not saying the story would be bad, but rather than rather than the story about the new Star Wars story being look. We're gonna do something interesting with it. It's just oh, more powerful than Jedi. Like, that's dull, isn't it? <laughs> it's a you bit, know, yeah, it is. It's just like oh, what can you know? We'll we'll make a superhero out of the Jedi. Yeah, you know, and it sort of got a bit that way in the, the High Republic. When I read the Light of the Jedi, the first book, it was like Jedi can now control weather. Brilliant. It got a little bit daft. <laughs> got a bit daft. A bit daft. I just hope it's not that. I don't know. I just think this. Like, the best Clone Wars stories are about mythology, not the biggest, most powerful. They're about why things happen. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And there's also this thing with Star Wars that, although they don't have to follow this to the letter, but there is a a nice formula for if if a character, a Jedi, is going to be the most powerful thing in this particular universe or whatever you want to call it. I'm still trying to get my head around that. They're, they're saying that it's going to be set in a new universe completely with brand new mythology. So that then, you know, it breaks the rules of what we currently know anyway. But anyway, if it's going to be a an all-powerful Jedi, then all that does is just encourage the underdogs. So it's almost like a reverse paradox where if you've got this Maeve character that's more powerful than Anakin and Luke and everybody combined, then all that does is make you want to cheer on for the bad guys who want to take her down because that's just the nature of... That that was why Luke's story was so amazing to take in and to experience is because him and his other rebels, the rebellion, they were the underdogs. They were going up against the big old uber powerful um, empire and, and Vader and stuff and the and the emperor. So all, all it will do is encourage you know a little bit of oh you know and that won't do Brie Larson any favors either because her Captain Marvel character was the most powerful thing up there, not quite as powerful as Thanos and stuff, but. You know, so it won't do her. I don't think it'll do her any favors if she goes from being a, a character like Captain Marvel, all powerful, to an all powerful Jedi. People will just be like, "Oh, it's more Brie Larson doing Brie Larson things." So, 
I would, I'd like to say this is a thing because it would be a nice breath of fresh air alongside the High Republic stuff, but it does feel a little bit too far removed in, in setting things with new mythology. That sounds a little bit dangerous to me. That sounds like a we want to ignore everything and make our own stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. It feels a bit much. Um, like you said, there's a lot to unpack with that one and you know, explaining to someone that this is a different galaxy and it's got different rules and different words and this you know there's this like i said in the in the in the the thrawn book you know the 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 pathfinders versus the navigators and the navigators guild and they're all the same thing they're all these sky walkers which are essentially force sensitives that can guide through hyperspace because of the the preemption that they've got and uh even that's enough for the geek Star Wars fan, to, you know, like, wait a sec, okay, well, you know, that's, that's, a, that's called a Skywalker, they're not Skywalkers, they, that's a Skywalker that's got the force, but they're called Navigators or Path, like, there's a lot to unpack, so imagine doing that to an audience that just wants to turn up and eat the popcorn, you're like, where's Luke Skywalker, that looks like a lightsaber and it says Star Wars on it, but I don't get any of this, you know, it's a bit much, um, and that, I feel like that's why a lot of Solo was... Um, potentially seen as a failure. Sure, you know the timing of the you know the year and, and and the marketing, whatever. But you've got Star Wars without any hint of Star Wars, apart from the main character who you've got to believe is Harrison Ford. You know, there's nothing else <laughs> in it until the end when you see Darth Maul, and even that, my mum's like, "What are you doing here? <laughs> Didn't you die?" Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a lot in it, and we've seen what happens with that sort of stuff. Mm, it's a tough sell. It is a tough sell. I think that's why they relegated the Star Wars logo to quite small as well. They made a, a big thing of the solo. It's a Star Wars movie, but it's it's solo. It's all about the character. But still, that's a tough one because if you've got uh, if you've got characters running around with blasters and you know doing all that stuff, you're still kind of got that little kid in the back of your mind thinking where where's the lightsabers. Where's where's that stuff? When's that stuff coming? And when it doesn't happen, it's like nee. I love it. You know, Harrison Ford, he was cool. The solo character is cool, but yeah, we could talk about that for ages, dude. But that that that's a that's a big old that's a big old tough one. And that's probably why Rogue One probably did better than Solo because it. Well, had, you can market a Death Star, can't you? Well, precisely, it had all of that familiar stuff that we knew from other Star Wars films, particularly A New Hope. It had that feeling of being more Star Warsy than Solo, which mm. is, you know, not disrespectful. It's just the way it was. It was, uh, yeah, Rogue One, couldn't it? Easy, in it? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But speaking of lightsabers, Princess Leia Organa, um, we we saw that she had training, saw that she was. I don't want to say a Jedi. We don't know whether she was, but she was certainly trained in the ways of the Force, and. Uh, you know, she quit to uh, to bring up Tol Benjamin. <sighs> Got that turned out. And we sort of didn't get enough of Leia in that training state or certainly with a, a lightsaber. So, again, according to StarWars.com, there have been some limited edition prints that have been created by uh, an artist called uh, Christophe Vachar, or Vachar um, which... It's, it's a painting, and it's called Until Our Last Breath, available as a limited edition print. And it depicts 
Princess Leia in all her usual white garb on a snowy planet, igniting her blue lightsaber with the background taken up with a, an, an ominously half-revealed Star Destroyer on the approach. Um, it's it's a beautiful piece of work. You know, it's very, it even says it here actually, very ethereal, very haunting. It's It's very, very well done. You know, it's an exceptional, exceptionally cultivated painting it's a really nice design it would look fantastic printed up um it just looks great it's one of those that you've really got to see uh, but what do you make of this dude i really like it i think it looks badass yeah love this man absolutely love this it it really plays into the fandom's want to see uh, leia doing more of this stuff you know that little nugget of of uh, flashback footage we have in the rise of skywalker where luke's training her everyone loved that the cinema that was just Everybody was fixated on that point. Like, it was awesome. So fans really want more of this stuff. And uh, it's a simple poster, man. It's nothing... Um, I, I say that in terms of composition. It's got that rule of thirds going on. It's got Star Destroyer, Leia's face, which is in sort of highlight, and then the lightsaber further down. It's a really cool, simplistic poster. But the look on Leia's face is pretty much nailed. Looks really cool. And uh, it's just a lovely looking, like the colours are lovely. It's got that sunset or sunrise, whatever. I think it's a sunset with the clouds in the background. And Oh man, it looks awesome. But yeah, I think the uh, the pricing on it is a bit pricey, dude. If you want to get the real basic, just paper-based lithograph, then that's um, $50. And if you want to go up further than that, they do these other ones, the framed ones and the canvas rolled. They're like 300 bucks upwards. So it's a pricey print, man. It's a pricey poster. But... It does look awesome. It really does. Yeah, it does. And the, uh, if you look at it as well, there's there's a couple of places you can get this from. Um, you can get it from da- uh, Darkin Cart or you can get it from Acme Archives Direct. Uh, and like you say, it does get a little bit expensive, but <laughs> it would look nice, really just nicely framed. It would look really nice um, on a mount and, and just really well done. But yeah. I don't know. I sort of fancy it, you know. I fancy. I, I, I sort of fancy it, but don't know, you know. Yeah, probably just get the the lithograph print, which will cost yeah. you fifty bucks. And then just pick like a twenty twenty buck frame. Bob's your uncle. Bob is your mum's living lover, and then you're up on the wall. <laughs> Job done. <laughs> yeah, it does look great. It does look great. All right, let's wrap up with one final story, which is. Um, I've nudged the watch one to next week, guys, because I'll be honest with you, it's a deep one. And I was like, don't really get it, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> save that for the big boys. So we've got one last story that we'll do this week, which is uh, apparently Doctor Who and Star Wars are going to cross over. So it was announced by the BBC, uh, by the writer Chris Chibnall, uh, was going to collaborate with Ryan Johnson, the writer and director of The Last Jedi, to bring Star Who to life um, for a BBC and Disney crossover, which is pretty badass. Uh, We've got a few quotes in there. So it's going to be the current Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, crossing over with Daisy Ridley's equally iconic Star Wars character, Rey. Um, Are you up for this, dude? (laughs) Oh, you got to love these April Fool's jokes, eh? What? Of course it's April Fool's. Yeah, I was joking. That was sarcasm, you dweeb. Oh, man. <laughs> I got you then. That's because I wasn't looking at you as your, your face. I was looking at the article. 
What, I didn't have my sarcasm face on? I didn't, well, didn't get it in a voice, see? It's good, isn't it? Because it even says in David, David Tennant said, I'm probably involved in this. I usually am these days. <laughs> yeah, this is a belter, man. But um, when, cute, when I read this, I was like, hmm, are they finally doing something in the comics? That's what I, th- I thought, first of all, because they've done some other weird stuff with Doctor Who, like Doctor Who and Star Trek have had a crossover and some other weird things. So initially I thought it's going to be a comics thing. But yeah, your sarcasm knows no bounds. Clearly. Uh, would I like to see it? Nah. My two favourite loves of Star Wars, but would I like to see it? Nah. Be rubbish, wouldn't it? No. Nah. It's sort of one of those where you're like, it's that old book about, you know, Millennium Falcon crashing on Earth. You know, it's one of them, in it? Where you're like, oh, that's cool, but it's not <laughs> real. Like, you read it once and you just, the older you get, you're like, nah. Yeah. And it's the... This is shite. It's the, it's the made-up quotes as well that are quite funny. Yeah, they are. Jody's like, I can't wait to team up with Daisy. I'm not really a Star Wars fan, but I, of course, recognise a fellow icon. And Daisy Ridley's like, yeah, what Jody said. <laughs> it's like, yeah. of course, that's what they would say, you know. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a cool little thing, man. And uh, we've been a bit shy with the old April Fool stuff this this year, man. I haven't seen much of because uh, sometimes Google put out like an April Fool's thing and yeah they stuff. Do. So at least at least Doctor Who are are putting in the effort. At least they are. Yeah, it's a sensitive year this year. I don't think anyone's like, anyone can take it. Like, you know what I mean? Imagine that. COVID, <laughs> third wave, hits UK. And Boris Johnson's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, five past 12. Had you on? Had you on? Back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> Alas. We're back to, yeah, you can just imagine it, yeah. <laughs> Never fear. We should all have a laugh throughout this tumultuous time. I can announce that the third wave is covid <laughs> Was an April Fool's joke. Absolutely was. Absolutely. We must adhere to April Fool's. Yeah, that'd be a shitstorm. But uh, yeah, it has been a bit light on him. There's not been any, there's normally like, uh, you know, two back at grows a, a third head style or, you know, like, you know, Harrison Report, uh, Harrison Ford reprises role for Star Wars spin-off starring Ewoks. There's all that kind of guff that goes around usually. I've not seen many of them either. There's not been much of anything, has there? Can you remember, like even like the superhero hypes of the world used to get involved with, you'd log on on April 1st and there'd be like 30 blog posts about like Superman crossing over with like my phone or, you know, I mean, like the cooperative bank sponsoring, I don't know, Star Trek, you know, there'd be all these weird and wonderful things or, you know, they're rebooting Michael Keaton's Batman without Michael Keaton, all these weird bits of crap, but there's not been any of it this year, dude. Nah, it's quiet. Really quiet. Yeah. Maybe it's because you would have thought that this year, along with last year, of course, that people would be up for a bit of humour and a bit of light relief with what's going on. But maybe they just sense the tone of the world right now. People are not in the mood, Mark. People are not in the mood for tomfoolery just yet. We're not back to normal just oh. yet. And then you got all the Karens. And you got better things to do than make jokes on the internet. <laughs> you should be working hard and doing, you know, all that stuff. So, But yeah, it would be nice to see some better things. But there we go. There we go. Well, we can have a laugh, can't we? There we are. We just all have a laugh, don't we? But, uh, yeah. Well, there'll be no Doctor Who then. No Doctor Who crossovers. I'm gutted. I really, really am. I wanted to see it. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. No. Mm. I didn't. So, I know you're going to say yes to this because you do the podcast, but do you actually still watch Doctor Who 
you know, as it comes out, are you still like sort of pro on top of that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the good thing about Doctor Who is that the BBC are crap. So oh, good. what will happen is they will um they'll put Doctor Who out and it will run for ten episodes, whatever, and that's it. Then they won't put another series out for two years, so you're good. Mm. You're all good. Get caught up with it. Yeah. I sort of lost interest a bit after the tenant run, you know. Oh, a lot of people did, yeah. 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 Hard to follow. I mean, I'm not a big Whovian, but hard to follow that guy. Gotta be. Because the writing was so good on that as well. Defo, man. Russell C. Davis was the man. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to follow. Yeah. Tough. Probably jack it in doing that podcast in a little while. Yeah. Mm. On that note, it's a wrap. Listen, this has been a it's been a fun one. There's always plenty of bits of news coming through, and uh, you know, episode 100 it's passed with much fanfare. I'm sure, loads of fanfare, probably a celebration. But this is just what we do week in week out. So thank you for joining us for 100 episodes. It's flown by. Um, you know, we we sort of treat this as a fun little hobby, and it's it's just something that we enjoy doing. It's it's not intended to be a retirement plan. It's something that we we just love doing. So. Thank you to you for listening. Thank you to, to you for the support. And, you know, it's, it, podcasting is one of those things where after a couple of years, you actually really find your feet. So the fact that we've got through 100 episodes, you, you, you can start to see a real clear path. It takes all that time to really figure out what you enjoy doing and the bits you do like, the bits you don't like. And, you know, it's one of the benefits of podcasting that, that you can do it consistently and, and, and keep, um, keep changing it, keep iterating it, keep tweaking it. So thanks for letting us do 100 episodes and just ramble on about Star Wars. Thanks to you guys for, for, for always being around for it. And yeah, it's just, just been a fun one. If you do want to get involved, head over to patreon.com slash spark of rebellion. But guys, good episode, dude. Always good to chat and happy 100, my man. Yeah, happy 100, dude. It's been awesome going through. And we've spoken about a lot of Star Wars as well. We've gone through quite a lot. So um, yeah. It's been absolutely great for me because my family can't put up with me talking about Star Wars for too long. So it's great that we can do this so we can talk about that stuff. So yeah, man, I've loved it. Thank you very much, everybody. It's been awesome. Sweet. All right, next week, we've got potentially the most expensive piece of Star Wars jewellery ever that we've left for next week. We're going to obviously pick up some more rumours. We're going to pick up some bad batch information and some Easter eggs. There's always plenty to dive into. So until next time, thanks for joining me. And Gaz, always a pleasure, my man. See you next week, dude. See you next week, my man. Thank you very much to our patrons as well. All of your support over the last 100 eps has been awesome. And uh, thank you so much for your continued support. We'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always.